0: Now, the first-place Brewers are back at Miller Park tomorrow night. Homestand starts with a three-game set against the Dodgers. Hall of Famer Bob Uecker on the call, along with Jeff Levering. Our coverage begins at 6.35 tomorrow night, sponsored by Catholic Financial Life. Greg Matzik, back with you on Sports Central, presented by Miller Lite. Coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, are we supposed to feel sympathy here for Tiger Woods? We'll go through his uh, latest misstep, and... Where things stands with Tiger, will he ever get back to the golf course? That's coming up at 7.07 tonight. On the field in Green Bay today, the Packers had block two, day two, of organized team activities. About 90 guys running around in helmets and shorts. No contact, no hitting. and That's why all the speed guys look like they're really good. Not because they're not being touched, and they're running freely without pads. Nonetheless. Busy day in Green Bay. To help us recap it, we welcome in from Packers.com, it's Wes Hodkowitz. Thursdays with Wes. How you doing, Wes?
1: I'm doing good, Greg. It was funny for a second because I'm kind of losing track of time now. I actually for one moment thought that it was Wednesday,
0: so it could potentially
1: be Wednesdays with Wes, but we still have not reached that.
0: No, that we'll point. get to it. we got a lot of time left in this year, do we not?
1: <laughs> we have plenty of time, for sure.
0: We'll get there. So yeah, organized team activities are kind of like – it's kind of like spring training to me when you talk about baseball. There's stuff going on. It, you want to be excited about it. You're not sure if you should be or what there really is to be excited about. Uh, but things are moving in the right direction here as uh, we approach training camp.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a time just to get amped up uh, once again for a season. Uh, you, you get through the free agent process. You get through the draft, and now it's the time to finally see martellus bennett and the packers jersey and get to see you know josh jones what he looks like and where he's playing in this defense uh so a lot of things start to come into focus a little bit but as you said no pads are on uh everything's at a pretty slow level they're just trying to get guys integrated in the system right now so it's hard to make giant glowing pro- proclamations about players uh but certainly it does start to give you a feel for who these guys are and especially in the locker room, what their what their personalities are
0: like. Well, and I always kind of pay attention to who looks the part, right? I mean, so many right. years it, it, it was Eddie Lacy's body composition that was discussed here during OTAs. But, you know, you, who had the offseason that makes you think, all right, they're ready to rock, and who had an offseason where it looks like, mm, what were they up to? So sure. I, guys like Kenny Clark, who spent a lot of time in Green Bay in the offseason, glowing reports on him coming back for year number two, and the Packers need him.
1: Yeah, they do. And it's one of those things too, Greg, and, and I wrote about this in one of the stories on our website, is that with Clark, it's so interesting because he is still only 21 years old. And I think sometimes a lot of people can lose sight of the fact that these offensive and defensive linemen, when they're in that 21, 22 age range, they're competing against a lot of guys who are sometimes five, six years young, older than them and in the middle and the prime of their career. So for him, last year was a learning experience, and I think he was pretty you know, upfront and honest that... You know, there was a point last year, I think it was right around the Philadelphia game, you know, where he was only playing single digit snaps and kinda of had to reset himself and reassess where he was at and end up finishing the year on a on a you know, a high note. For him, this has been a really important spring though, because it's finally his first opportunity to go through OTAs because of that that league role last year where he was not able to attend uh pretty much most of the offseason program because he school was still in session at UCLA. So Uh, To have him in here right now, to have, you know, Dean Lowry in here, Mike Turgerback, the Packers defensive line coach, was talking about them a a couple hours ago, and just seeing the the growth and maturation of some of those young players, it can go a long way this time of year. Well,
0: and the Packers keep drafting guys out of the Pac-12, for goodness sakes, and everybody's on (laughs) that same system. So the first-round pick, Kevin King, or the second-round pick, I should say, uh, the Packers' first pick, uh, he's not yet been in Green Bay because of how the rules shape out.
1: Yeah, and Joe Witt, Packers cornerbacks coach, talked about that saying, you know, he was asked about what he's able to do with them, and he said, "You know, not enough. You you wish he was here. You wish he could, you know, really be able to draw things up with them. But they make the most of what they can. You know, they're, they have access to FaceTime and Skype and some of these technologies to to get that you know face to face interaction. But until he's in Green Bay and until he's on the practice field, you know, your options are limited. But you, you do look at you know what a guy you know like like Clark did last year. You know, Dean Lowry. I thought for all intents and purposes had a really strong rookie season." Coming from where he came from in the fourth round, so it's not an impossible hurdle to overcome. You know, it's something that Clark said too this week. Is it's it's definitely obtainable. It's just you know trying to work through that and, and making the process as easy as it can be when. You know, there's so many different
0: hurdles along the way. Wes Hotkowitz of Packers.com joining us here on Sports Central, presented by Miller Lite. Fascinated by the running back room here, Wes. Uh, Ty Montgomery has put on some weight, good weight. I mean, the guy is just cut out of a stone. Uh, yeah. So he looks to be in phenomenal physical shape, as you might expect. But I, I am always a little hesitant when you are relying on rookies. And there are three rookies behind Montgomery, who is now the veteran of that running back group. And of course, he got a couple fullbacks in the mix as well. That makes me a little bit nervous. Even though running backs who are young have really done some great things in the NFL over the last several years, I thought for a while they would add to this room. But with each passing day, it looks like they're going to run with the guys that they have.
1: Yeah, I think that that's kind of what the plan is right now. Especially when you invest three draft picks into that position, the first time the Packers had done that since 1974, uh, really showing their commitment towards you know building a, a depth chart behind Montgomery. You know, it's one of these things, because I've been asked this a number of times about how people should feel about where the Packers are there. Uh, If there's one position on the entire roster where I'm okay with not having proven depth or proven experience, it is running back. Just because you look at what the Jordan Howards of the world have done, the guys that when you go into training camp, you know, you get your fantasy football magazine and everybody's trying to find the sleeper, well, this is where they come from. They're they're these undrafted guys. They're these guys in the second and third, uh, you know, day of the draft getting taken. That come out of nowhere and end up wowing you, uh, and, and that's—I'm not saying that's what these three are going to turn into right now, but they give you that potential. There's that upside, and that, that's such a big thing in this game because you know they're going to need Ty Montgomery for this offense to go where it wants to go, but they also are going to need Jamal Williams to step up. You know, they, they need the Aaron Joneses, the Devonte the Mays. They need someone else to emerge. It does, in a lot of ways, remind me of 2013 when. I know everybody was clamoring for a veteran running back, and there was the talks about Steven Jackson, and it ends up being Eddie Lacy. It ends up being Jonathan Franklin, who we never really were sure what his career could have been if he would have you know, avoided that unfortunate injury. Sometimes you just have to invest and hope for the best. They feel really confident in Ben Sermons, the type of coach he is, and how he brought guys along last year, and now he has three legitimate prospects to add that room to try finding. You know who could potentially give them those snaps once the regular season comes.
0: Yeah, I thought Mike McCarthy had an interesting comment today. He was asked about the uh, outside linebacker group, and on paper it would appear to be, you know, somewhat thin. You've got Clay Matthews and Nick Perry as your bookend starters. You have Kyler Fackrell as a second-year player. Jaron Elliott being brought back It wasn't used too much outside of special teams for the Packers last year. But McCarthy was very, very pro outside linebackers, saying you might be surprised that it's a maybe a deeper group than you might think. So what's he looking at that somebody else may not be looking at?
1: Well, first thing, I was talking to Mike Spofford, my colleague here, uh, who had a chance to be in on Kyler Falco's interview today, and they're expecting big things out of that young man. I mean, this is a guy that came in last year as a third-round pick, was kind of getting his feet wet, learning the system. He actually put on 10 pounds this offseason, right around a little over 250 pounds now, trying to fill out his frame at 6'5". The Packers feel like there's big things in store for him and where he's heading. J. Ron Elliott, I think when you look at his... You know, his workload, he hasn't always had those big, you know, 20, 30, 35 snap games. He's always kind of had to make do with what was available to them just because of how deep they typically were in that room. Well, now this is an opportunity for him to show that he belongs, and he can be in that rotation. And certainly the commitment they made to, to Nick Perry, another reminder of how they feel about him. Now, the key is when you get that rotation going, even if guys stay healthy, you need to be able to work different combinations so it is going to be up to the Vince Beagles of the world once he's back on the field to, to, to be able to contribute or, or maybe even a Reggie Gilbert. Somebody to show up and show that, you know what, we may not have Julius Peppers, we may not have Dayton Jones at this point, but we have guys that can fill out that, that roster because really it does come down to Clay Matthews and where he's playing and, and being able to use you know, Nick Perry as much as possible. If those two guys can stay healthy... I don't think it becomes a big discussion, but because there have been questions the past few years, it, it is, you know, a, a thing now. But, again, we once you get to training camp and see how these guys start stepping up and, you know, maybe make that first to second year or, or even in some cases in Jaron Elliott third to fourth year jump that uh, could make the ultimate difference for this defense.
0: And check out his work online at Packers.com. Follow him all through Packers OTAs and minicamps. Leading up to training camp, it's Wes Hodkowitz. Another episode of Wednesdays with Wes, this time on a Thursday. Wes, I always appreciate your time, my friend. Good catching up.
1: Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it.